Welcome to Girlfriends Pray Podcast. We are a prayer ministry for women, and our mission is to draw women closer to God through prayer. To learn more about Girlfriends Pray, go to our website, www.girlfriendspray.org. Follow us on social media at Girlfriends Pray and join us for prayer every Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Our call-in number is 712-775-7031, access code 943334-POUND. We invite you to connect, support, or become a partner of Girlfriends Pray. Remember, 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says to pray without ceasing. God bless you. Again, I want to welcome everyone on the line. This is Girlfriends Pray Real Talk, and we have our very own uh, Tamiko Jenkins, who is our licensed therapist and guest for this evening. So, Tamiko, I know I've read your bio, but is there anything else that you wanted to say? Actually, I'm going to back on out and let greatness come on in. Okay. The topic for this evening will be depression. V is on the line, so I'm going to go ahead and back on out. You hear. And, um, oh, let's see. Can you hear me now? You didn't hear. Yes, we can. Go right ahead. All right. So we're going to jump right into the conversation because I already heard, Kim, you're tickled. Tamiko, you're tickled. Um, I'm tickled. <laughs> so everybody's tickled that we're all here. Um, but I'm going to move right into the conversation. And But what I would ask you all to do, I did not do my homework today and invite um, folks from online, um, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, if you are online right now, somebody needs to hear this conversation. Um, and if not for them, for somebody they know. And so if you're here, if you could send a text, an email, or update your Facebook status and just invite people to come on over to Girlfriends Pray Real Talk. We're talking um, about, uh, you know, I'm going to say, so we're talking about depression tonight, but I think, you know, some people opt out if they hear certain words where they don't think it um, it speaks to their issue, but just invite them to come over to Girlfriends Pray Real Talk. How about that? Yeah. So, Tamiko, I'll tell you how this conversation started, and then okay. um, and then you can you can take the wheel. So, um, two things happened. So, one, um, I know that at the beginning of the year um, there was something or is something that uh, sets in in the hearts and the spirits of people, and that is uh, some people, and that is the spirit of heaviness. And um, and more so in the winter months, I think we've, mm-hmm. I've heard for a number of years, um, not just depression, but things like um, seasonal affective disorder. I think we've talked about mm-hmm. that a number of times. But, but just knowing that there is a cloud and sometimes a darkness, um, whether it's a blue Monday, uh, or if it's depression or seasonal affective disorder, those things happen most um, at the beginning of the year. So that was one mm-hmm. thought. 
as to how it is that we um, invited you here today. The second thought, and I know you'll appreciate this, Tamiko. So this is just real talk. I shared with the women um, on the line last week, and that is um, I have another therapist friend who uh, saved me one day because I took a walk outside after just feeling very breakable and breakable mm. because of the amount of overwhelm, just having um, a number of things on my plate and really feeling like if I did not know God, um, this would be the point where I could break. And and mm-hmm. nothing serious other than just really overwhelm, just, mm-hmm. just volume. Mm-hmm. And so after you know, talking to the sister girl therapist friend, she just shared a few things that set me, um, that that helped me to get myself together, right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. um, she helped me relanguage things like there is no such thing as a breakdown. And, you know, she talked about the languaging, and then she helped me to identify triggers and how to get in front of things. And then uh, you know, so, so, so that was the second thing that led us to this series called Real Talk. That conversation mm-hmm. was with a real girlfriend about something very real. And what I also know is that so many other women are dealing with heavy stuff, but some are dealing with just day-to-day volume mm-hmm. of being mm-hmm. a woman, whether it's a mom, an executive, a business owner, um, um, a seasoned person who might be, you know, managing their health and their wellness and transition. There's just so much overwhelm. So those are the two things that led us here, and we're hoping you can talk us through, give us some insight, and educate us on um, anything in the space of feeling blue, uh, you know, mm-hmm. blue Monday, dark, heavy, uh, you know, overwhelm. Uh, I'm sorry, depression. So that whole Mm -hmm. category of depression, major depressive disorder, seasonal affective, and whatever else you can share with us on that topic. Does that make sense? No, it it makes complete sense. And, you know, I I really appreciate what you're saying because even just now, as Kim was reading my bio, you know, I was sitting in this moment of great gratitude, right? Like, use me, Lord. Mm -hmm. And then there was like this, like, whoa, wait, (laughs) is that really my life? just in terms of the volume. And so Mm -hmm. I have certainly had to have very real conversations with girlfriends, my therapist, to really uh, help me maintain just the lift of it all because the reality is in my humanness, um, things do get very overwhelming and it's very easy to slip into um, a depressive episode or as we'll talk about seasonal affective disorder and that sort of thing. So I, I really appreciate the opportunity to have this conversation and have it in a safe space with girlfriends, right, um, that will we'll have similar stories and we'll be able to lean on each other. Awesome, um, awesome. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, um, I, as I was really kind of thinking through things, I was thinking about um, – a, a lot just in terms of the general scope. So when you think uh, general population, we're talking one in five folks experience um, a mental health issue, depression um, specifically. And so that when you look across the room, it's really more people than you would think about, right? So 
um, whether that's church or around the boardroom table, um, at work, or just hanging out for brunch. When you think one in five, um, those numbers start to really add up. And so, um, you know, my hope is we'll have this conversation and point people in the direction um, of resources and help um, in combination mm-hmm. with, the, with prayer that we absolutely will do as well, um, just because there are too many people suffering and um, mental health issues are absolutely treatable. And so it's, it's not a situation where you have to suffer uh, and suffer alone and in silence when we have um, so many resources that can really help folks, um, you know, just feel better. So um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, I was hoping I could talk a little bit about our um, circadian rhythm or those biological clocks that are within us because I think um, that's the aspect of the conversation that sometimes get lost, particularly um, in the winter months, the beginning of the year, um, because there's less sunlight, right? Um, and our clocks internally really work off of um, having sunlight or some kind of light available. So is that a good place that maybe we can hang out for a little bit and then kind of talk about sure. um, what to do? Okay. So um, within that conversation, so um, I, I just mentioned circadian rhythm and that being our biological clocks. And so there are really neat assessments and tests that you can find easily online um, because everyone's biological clock works differently. Um, that's why I can um, go to bed at 11, pop up at 5 or 6, and I've had enough rest because my clock really works um, on a rhythm that that sustains me, whereas some people might need a little more Um, And it works the same in terms of the amount of sunlight that you might need to be exposed to in order to regulate your clock. And so we see in the winter months primarily, and that's why they call it the winter blues, um, there's not that much access to sunlight or it gets darker sooner. Um, So you go to work, it's dark. You get off, it's dark. And for some folks, you know, if you're on a computer, um, 9 to 5 or whatever, you don't have these opportunities um, to get the sunlight. And so that's, you know, really the nutshell as to why a lot of people experience uh, bluer or a sadness, a heavy cloud um, in the winter months because it's really um, your clock is off and we need to get access um, to the sun. And if we don't have access to the sun, then there are are a number of things that we recommend in order to fill that gap. And so um, I'm going to always preface in saying Um, please don't self-diagnose, right? Um, I would absolutely recommend that you have a conversation with your primary care provider or onboard a therapist, someone that's licensed, trained, to help walk through what your symptoms are and, you know, get a diagnosis and a wellness plan and a treatment plan that's going to help support you because everybody's body is different. But I would say in general, um, there are light boxes that I really love. Uh, Philips is a cheap brand online even that you can get, and they have a circadian rhythm test that you can take, and it will prescribe a certain amount of light at a certain amount uh, or at a certain time of the day um, just to help replenish that gap um, and exposure to light. And so that's like a, a quick, cheap uh, way to do that. Um, Folks even look at vitamin D supplements um, that you can buy over the counter that would um, supplement what you would typically get from sun. 
And so that's another way um, that, that we easily treat this sort of blueness um, just to really get that supplement in your body. Um, and then we also just really um, love for you to check out your lifestyle routine. And, and I know, Dee, and I'll be the first to say, particularly on top of my schedule, um, it can be tough to get in the walks outside or just, you know, exercise in general or is my water intake good? Did I eat well? But those are the things that um, our bodies just really need to really um, stay on track, and particularly when you're vulnerable to winter blues. And, and those lifestyle changes alone what could really help shift um, your mood greatly. Um, and then in combination with um, therapy is, is really – uh, something that folks kind of shy away from, and I'm very happy uh, to always say I'm a therapist that goes to therapy, and so when people don't go, I'm looking at them like, who's your therapist? Um, because I'm going, and I'm a therapist, and so um, I, I'm smoking what I'm selling is, is what we kind of joke about in the field. But um, being able to connect with someone, to sit on the couch, and, and we like CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, to look at your feelings and thoughts, um, which impact your behavior choices. And so, um, like you were saying earlier, Dee, if, if you feel, if your thought is I'm having a breakdown, right, um, you're going to likely feel uh, this great sadness, um, maybe some anger, shame, guilt, and then you will more likely stay home, not connect with other people, isolate, um, eat more kind of carby, starchy, or not eat enough, sleep too much. Mm-hmm. Not to, you know what I mean? And so we mm-hmm. start seeing those symptoms show up um, when the thoughts and feelings aren't in check. And so therapists can really help with that connection as well. This is juicy. Thank you for the well, resources. Yeah. Thank you for the resources and the real talk. The Phillips Light, I heard, as number resource number one, vitamin mm-hmm. D. Um, mm-hmm. And then the third therapy, I think I heard the third therapy. Um, but also sharing about how important, how important lifestyle is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, think, I think we just undervalue um, lifestyle and how and why diet and nutrition and working out and fitness it's more than or the or the the, the value is not necessarily on um, body size and looking good yes. in the code it's more value add in terms of uh, from from my perspective from just feeling good energy mental state clarity um and then even I was I want to say longevity and some to some yes. extent I just I read so much about that so yeah say you want to chime in there well and I was going to say um, in, in sleep and so I think most mm-hmm. people um, when you're doing all of the above that you just mentioned um, your sleep improves and the number one way to have clarity focus motivation to be in the game is to ensure, you know, that you're sleeping well, and that's usually the number one thing that folks don't do well. It's the sleep, and then you wonder why um, your thoughts are foggy, you're distracted, you don't feel motivated. Um, And when I ask folks, okay, how much sleep do you get? 
And it's not about the hours as much as it is the quality of, of the sleep that you're getting. And they'll say, oh, I, you know, I'm not getting any sleep, or when I sleep, I wake up, I don't feel rested, um, and that sort of thing. And so we really, I think, don't talk enough about the importance of sleep and sleep hygiene, you know. When you say sleep hygiene, I think you're right, mm-hmm. absolutely. I, I do think you're right. Um, sleep hygiene, is that sleep or how? what's the definition of sleep hygiene or how is that different from sleep? You know, it's all the things that um, make up your quality of sleep. And so when we look at your sleep equipment, um, do you have the pillow that you think is um, a good fit for your sleep? You know, how, how are your sheets? and that the comforter that you're using and what's the routine like before you go to sleep. For some people, uh, particularly now, we're heavy technology or, you know, right before sleep, we, we have all that light in our face. Um, and so that's something that we will look at as well. How can we limit um, the consumption of so much technology prior to bed because, you know, all the research talks about how it can really negatively impact your ability um, to settle into sleep and have a restful um, sleep experience as well. So when I say sleep hygiene, I'm looking at that total experience of of sleep. Yeah, and, you know, for some people it's the tea before bed or do I take a bath or a shower and that helps to really relax me. Um, you know, that prayer routine or that journaling exercise that you do right before bed, but the entire sleep experience. I absolutely love this. Who knew? Well, well, I tell you what, it's something in full transparency, Gee, that I have struggled with for years, and I think it really started for me um, in college just because the college experience can be so – it's anti-sleep, right? You're, you're up, you're studying, you're hanging out. And I think just from that segment of my life, I just, just did not have a quality sleep routine, and I carried it into um, my adult years or my, you know, well into my 20s and 30s. And it wasn't really until um, I'd say five years ago, honestly, where I really had to take the steps backwards to kind of investigate, okay, where is my day going wrong? Why am I so cranky? I'm irritable. I'm moody. And I was able to kind of backtrack it to my sleep quality and what did I need to do to, you know, really onboard a routine that would improve my sleep experience. Mm. I love that. That's so good. That is so good. Okay. Practical, right? right? Yeah, it's so practical. Mm -hmm. It's so Mm -hmm. practical. Um, so at least if we get the fundamentals down, then, you know, I'm I'm sure it just leads, I guess it would lead to, you know, feeling better, being better, and, you know, I would imagine mitigating or, well, well here's a question. I'm not going to make an assumption. So even with lifestyle changes, for something like depression or major depressive disorder, are those those things are chemical so so how much mm-hmm. can lifestyle change impact mental abnormalities that are i guess chemically induced i don't know can you just talk right. a little bit about that because I, I don't really know what i'm talking about but i'm i feel like i'm dancing in some space 
Well, I tell you, I like the question and the in the word choices. I think you're spot on. Um, to recognize that um, much like as a woman, if I have a urinary tract infection, I'll just use that. Um, if I drank more cranberry juice and I decided to um, make sure um, that my routine allows me to use the restroom frequently and that sort of thing, that's going to help my urinary tract. But typically in order to clear up that infection, I'll need to see my doctor get some, you know, some sort of, um, penicillin or something, um, antibiotic that's going to clear the infection, right? Um, and that's a no-brainer. I think as women, we'll easily turn ourselves in for a urinary tract infection, a yeast infection, whatever, just to make sure we're good there. Um, but when we start talking about depression specifically and the necessity to look at the chemistry and the chemical makeup of our brain, the conversation gets a little sometimes awkward for some people to to think that you, you might need an antidepressant um, to help the chemical regulation um, of, of everything in your brain to manage your depressive symptoms. And it's really the same. You know, it's mental health and the need to have an antidepressant um, or anti-anxiety medication or anti-psychotic um, anti is the, the same conversation that we need to have if it's chemo for cancer or um, taking a medication for heart disease. Um, and I would argue, you know, the brain is really one of the most sophisticated organs in our bodies. Um, you really want to do yourself um, a health favor, and it can really be a matter of, of life and death for some people, D, because with depression, um, sometimes there's suicidal thoughts. Um, or homicidal thoughts, you know, and it, it can really become unsafe even um, to not be medicated. And so if you're having these experience, you know, these feelings of hopelessness or sadness, um, thoughts of hurting yourself or anyone else, you know, those kinds of things, you really want to connect with a licensed, trained um, therapist, psychiatrist, your primary care provider, any of the above could get you um, help in the form of a psychotropic medication, antidepressant, to help manage the chemical um, pieces of depression. And when we chemically can treat what's going on with medication, then absolutely we can look at the lifestyle changes that we can make that would um, support um, the medication and in, in, in its effectiveness as well. And, you know, with medication, you know, sometimes – you know, sometimes you're on it for a lifetime, and I think that's absolutely okay, you know. And then sometimes you can have conversations with your provider to say, hey, um, can I look at decreasing my medication? Some people decrease. Some people are able to come off. But it's really um, a conversation that you need to have with your provider uh, so that you can manage your, um, your chemistry effectively and not do more harm than good. Okay, this is so this is so insightful and I heard you talk a little bit about or touch a little bit on feelings of hopelessness which mm -hmm. I think I've heard as a as a formal definition, but can we back up a bit and you share yes. the formal definition of and then break down those I think you mentioned three or four um you use three or four labels for depression. I heard you say winter blues, 
and then mm-hmm. uh, major affect. So can we just do that? And then the symptom, symptoms and um, I think, uh, yeah, if we, if we could do that, that'd be really helpful as well. Absolutely. And so I'll say on the onset that um, seasonal affective disorder is a type of major depressive disorder. And so um, when I start talking about the symptoms and, and the specific definition of, you know, major depression, which is clinical depression, um, you want to think of SAD or seasonal affective disorder as a type of clinical depression that only occurs during certain seasons. Does that make sense? It absolutely does. That is okay. Type. Okay. Okay. So, you know, when we start talking about major depressive disorder, which is our clinical depression, you're looking at persistent feelings of sadness, um, hopelessness, and loss of interest. Um, and so it deeply impacts how you feel, how you think, how you behave, um, and it can really manifest um, in a, a garden variety of emotional and physical problems. Um, typically, it becomes a clinical depression when it impacts your day-to-day activities, um, your, your ability to function, and folks really start feeling like life isn't um, worth living or um, that desire to be a part of the life experience is just not there. Um, and so you'll hear people say stuff like, well, you know, won't you just get over it, snap out of it, um, it's not that bad. When you're clinically depressed, um, we're well beyond um, that type of a conversation. And I would never um, recommend anyone using those words at all, depression or not depression, um, just really uh, hearing someone out and listening to how they say they feel is the best thing to do rather than um, to ever minimize anyone's experience and that sort of thing. And so in order for clinicians to to formally diagnose clinical depression or a major depressive disorder, um, we have a criteria that we look um, in our manual, it's the DSM-5, and it tells us specifically uh, what types of symptoms um, and and episodes that a person experiences for a specific amount of time. So we're looking at how long has this been happening, how often does this happen, and we really try to assess um, how uh, severe those symptoms are. And so if someone um, is experiencing hopelessness or sadness, um, they're not sleeping well, they're sleeping too much, if, if they are typically interested in certain things and now they don't find those things pleasurable at all, um, that's also a red flag for us. We, we look at uh, feelings of worthlessness or guilt, any issues with concentrating or being easily distracted. Um, for some people, um, you know, usually they can make decisions with full confidence, and um, that has gone away. You know, there's just that difficulty in being able to remember things and make a clear decision. Um, sometimes we see physical manifestations of the emotional, so folks will complain about headaches. Um, they'll say that they're having gastrointestinal issues um, is, is another uh, sign. And, and remembering that all of these in isolation, so everything I'm talking about, just because you're feeling sad um, by itself is not enough to qualify for someone to be um, clinically depressed. 
we really need to look at a full picture, and we do that in context um, to that person's experience, uh, cultural implications, environmental implications as well. Uh, we do consider age and gender. But all of these symptoms um, that I've named, we require that you have at least five of those symptoms, and they've had to be present uh, for a two-week period. So um, if I'm talking with someone and they come in and say, um, I don't have as much energy as I used to have, I'm, I'm not sleeping enough, I'm feeling worthless, I'm having thoughts of killing myself, um, and I'm just general, you know, generally irritable, those five um, symptoms, if they've been happening for two, two weeks or more, um, then we could look at a diagnosis of uh, clinical depression. Wow. And so, and when that happens, um, there's a diagnosis and then medication um, at that um, point, not or always. is it something else? Okay. You know, the, uh, you know, um, clients or, or, or folks are able to absolutely say, and they do it all the time, that, you know what, I, I don't want medication. Um, for some folks, they look at the side effects and they're like, uh, I really don't want to um, have a bodily experience uh, with these side effects. I prefer not to do that. Um, and, and then we can have a conversation about the severity of symptoms. There are some folks that I'm going to say, you know what, I strongly encourage you to consider this um, based off of what you share. This has been going on for too long. Um, you know, someone comes in, I've been depressed experiencing these feelings since I was 20 and they're now 25. You know what I mean? Um, so mm -hmm. we look at how long and how severe the symptoms are and um, how often, if you're having crying episodes, you know, every day, a couple of times a day, that's a different conversation than somebody, you know, that says, okay, once or twice a week, right, in combination mm -hmm. of the other symptoms. And so for some folks I'm going to say, uh, no, I strongly encourage you um, to consider medication. It seems like, you know, chemically your body can use this boost, right, to keep you safe mm -hmm. and, and well and whole. And then for some folks I'll say, okay, let's try um, – a series of therapy sessions. Maybe we'll do cognitive behavioral therapy, um, which is that what you think, feel, impacts how you behave. And then for some folks, they'll say, okay, let's try dialectical behavioral therapy, which is a lot of the same techniques of the cognitive behavioral, but adding some mindfulness, yoga, yoga um, deep breathing kinds of things um, as well. And then after a series of five sessions, if, you're, if your symptoms haven't improved, then can we talk about medications? Um, or some folks will talk to their primary care providers about uh, natural supplements like St. John's wort or something like that. So there are mm. some options. But, you, you know, um, just because you have a conversation about medication doesn't mean you have to take it. And a lot of people – will get the prescriptions and not take them, you know, anyway. And so that's a different conversation too. Um, but I think it requires trust, you know, having a therapist, psychiatrist, um, medical provider that you trust and that they're giving mm -hmm. you a recommendation that's best for you. So that's why that fit is so important. You want to be um, with medical um, providers or clinicians that you trust. 
and that they would make recommendations that are best, in your best interest and that you'll follow those recommendations. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, I think I'm going to open the lines um, okay. to see if we have questions. We have questions here. This is so uh, informative. It's just so helpful. I mean, in 30 minutes or less, I feel like, you know, just having clarity um, is a good thing. Just having in- insight and awareness and understanding about how um, our bodies function and how um, some things are out of our control or some things are not necessarily out of our control, but if they're chemical um, imbalances, I don't know if that's uh-huh. the appropriate language. Nope. But yeah, yep. that, that, yeah, 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 just that. And, and what I really appreciate, of course, Tamiko, you know I love therapy, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I'm, I'm due to find a new therapist. And um, interesting enough, you can't find a lot of faith-based or Christian therapists. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm a huge proponent of uh, Christian or faith, well, Christian faith-based, or unless I know, unless I know someone, um, and I think a lot of people are like the comfort level. So, but um, let's open up the line. So, if you are on the line and you just joined, this is Girlfriends Pray Real Talk, and tonight we're on the line with Tamiko Jenkins, and she is a wealth of information. Has just um, given us so much in terms of. Um, or around depression and everything that's connected to that, from the clinical um, to, I guess, clinical depression and then the different um, sort of categories, I guess, within, and then, you know, signs and symptoms and and how we might manage it and and from everything from vitamin D to lifestyle changes to, of course, the obvious is therapy. And what I appreciate, or I really appreciate, and I was going to say this to Nico, is that you talked about your therapist. You know, oh, I yeah. think if we just get people, more people to have the regular routine mm-hmm. of therapy, just like primary care, just like phys- dentists, um, just like optometrists, and then if there's something going on, right, then there's a series of, of sessions or season of every year, you know, I spend some time or every year I spend, you know, every other month or every quarter um, checking in and making sure I'm well. You know, absolutely. And I, I wish I could scream it from the mountaintop, actually, because um, the differences that I experience, you know, and I'll just use me personally, with a therapist and without the therapist, when I really need to unpack something and really look at um, a life event or just check in. It's a very different um, experience that I have even personally in my body, the clarity of thought, um, moving through with confidence, you know, having really spoken to somebody that can help me unpack things. And I wanted to mm-hmm. say, Dee, um, and, and I know maybe there will be a couple of questions, a lot of folks don't realize that at work um, their EAP, the Employment Assistance Program, where you get usually like three to five or six free sessions through your employer. So mm-hmm. I want folks to kind of, you know, be mindful about that. Um, and if you have uh, insurance, health insurance, there are usually these telehealth options where even in the business of your day, if, if your thing is, oh, I don't think I can get to a counseling office, where you could do the online therapy 
um, on your laptop or on your phone or whatever uh, through your insurance provider, pay the copay right there online, and see someone in the comfort of your own home, um, which mm. for me has been a lifesaver because my schedule can be so hectic, but it's not an excuse for me um, when I have this option through my health care. And then if you're someone that, that, you know, you don't have the health care insurance or the copays are too expensive, there are community service boards that will see um, folks for a sliding scale based off your income mm-hmm. usually, um, which is a low-cost option. Mm. Thank you for that. Thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. good. That's good. So there are options now. Because I don't think, you know, I don't remember back in the day where there was teleoptions, but I do see that now. I even see online, um, mm-hmm. you know, resources. And um, so it's helpful to hear it from you um, because otherwise, you know, I think some of us are with the side eye, like, okay, wait. Yeah, it's one of those experiences where you're like, "Mm, no, I like to go sit on a couch. I want to do it in person. But if you, you know, if it's a time issue, um, for sure, then that's an option. And I also wanted to say, you know, for some people that look for therapists, like on a Psychology Today website, they give you that option to um, check faith-based so that you can have providers listed according to your, you know, to your faith practice. So you can have just Christian therapists in your area mm-hmm. um, pulled based off of your insurance and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. options. Okay. Lots of options. Yeah. Yeah, no, we like options. Okay, um, we're, the lines are open. Uh, so star six, I'm going to invite you in. You want to state your name. Um, and if you are uncomfortable stating your name, listen, you can make up a name. You can be whoever you like to be um, because this call is being recorded. Um, we do have a Girlfriends Pray podcast, and so we like to make this available. So feel free to come in and ask your question um, to a real-life, in-real-life therapist. There you go. So um, star six right now. Come on in. So star six, if you have a question. And it could be, you know, it could be for you. It could be somebody, uh, one of your loved ones, a colleague. Um, But come on in, star six, to ask your question. Um, You know, Tamiko, while we're waiting for um, questions, and and feel free to jump in if you are here. I want you to state your name, and I'll pull you in um, just as soon as you step up. So one of the things I think, uh, one of the questions we got last week was the pediatric, um, Mm. I think that's how they language it, but the pediatric um, mental health piece. And so you have anything to share about young people and children and uh, depression? Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, I've, I've heard some disturbing uh, numbers around childhood suicide and such. So maybe mm-hmm. if you could share whatever you know around childhood depression. I really um, I appreciate that question, and I'm very sensitive. I would say um, that you definitely want to connect with providers, that that is their specialty. Um, you know, we, I think we really do get into uh, some issues with having um, folks practice with not within scope or that's not their level of expertise. And so 
Mm-hmm. At that age, at a, a child or an adolescent, you don't want them to be um, misdiagnosed. Um, I know some folks worry about mm-hmm. labeling and that sort of thing, but when you, you know, done some research and you find a provider um, that this is their scope and you, you want to develop a relationship so that they can help um, properly diagnose your child and, and, and help with a treatment plan, you just want to make sure that um, – you check out their experience and their background, and it's you know trusting your gut feeling. Once you start with a provider, you don't have to end there. You know it's okay to get a second opinion um, as well. Pediatric mental health for some folks can be um, can be challenging because you also got to consider developmental um, things as mm-hmm. well. So you know particularly uh-huh. you know like a 16 year old, it wouldn't be uncommon. Um, for a 16-year-old maybe to uh, test the limits of authority um, and that sort of thing. And if you're not careful, you can um, misdiagnose that if you're not considering developmental as well. Um, And so Mm -hmm. just making sure that you connect. uh, But connecting them with a provider, because absolutely um, the the suicide rates um, are alarming. Um, for our adolescent population particularly. Um, and then when you look at communities of color, our black and brown babies um, really disproportionately um, are suffering, um, undiagnosed, untreated, and um, seeking uh, suicide attempts as a way to end the pain. And so mm-hmm. um, you absolutely got to go and have, have your baby see a provider because that, mm-hmm. you know, that can unfortunately be the outcome when we don't get them um, connected. Got it, got it, got it. Do we have any questions on the line? Star six to come in and state your first name. We're on with Tamiko Jenkins. She's a licensed trained therapist um, and super um, passionate about her work and an expert um, of, of the work. And, and us being healthy and well. So star six to come in and state your first name. Hi, this is Simone from Houston. Hi, Hi there, Simone. Simone. What's, your, uh-huh. What's your question, gorgeous? So my question is to piggyback off of what um, Dee said about adolescent uh, therapy or, or however they phrase it, and, and you mentioning to me go about um, being mindful of developmental um, stages and things of that nature. So my question is, on average, if you're if a parent wanted to be proactive in um, getting their child in counseling, just, you know, to make sure, you know, for, you know, down the road, what would be somewhat of an appropriate age? Um, taking mm. into consideration developmental stages and things of that nature, but what would be somewhat of an appropriate age for a child to um, – enter into, into therapy. Right. Um, I would say when we see most um, children, adolescents, to be, begin to transitionally or developmentally um, struggle is right around sixth grade, uh, going into middle school, it's something about um, that transition. It bumps up against, like, your identity um, formation, um, you start testing limits and uh, really reevaluating like yourself in the context of the world and what authority figures and that sort of thing. And so that's usually the age where issues start to develop. Um, that's usually when we start seeing uh, more 
um, children and adolescents in therapy. But I would just say in general, you, you know, when you consider what's going on in the life of a child, if there's a divorce, if, if we've moved, if a parent has lost a job and there's a change in finances, if there's a new school, I mean, I think any of those issues or uh, life events would qualify for a child or an adolescent to go to a therapist and just talk about what that experience has been like for them. I think as adults, it's heavy for us, you know, when we divorce or we move, get a new job, and um, sometimes we forget our little humans are also going through those experiences as well. Um, I have a new baby, and, my, you know, I had a new baby. I'll just use myself and my three-year-old, I think. Uh, that adjustment has just really been challenging for Charlotte. And so, you know, having to look through how we might be able to support her. Um, she's three, so maybe we do play therapy. There's a play therapist or uh, a music therapist, someone that uses um, instruments to help children express their feelings and emotions. So um, I think any, you know, any age contingent on what's going on in the day and the life, when you, when you start talking about one in five children being impacted, um, 13 to 18 is the, the age range of, of most impact. And, and I would look at that first year of middle school as being, for a lot of children, the most challenging time that could be beneficial for a therapist. I hope that's helpful. No, it was. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Anyone else have a question here? We're, we're talking, um, welcome, by the way. Girlfriends Pray Real Talk, and we're having a real conversation with uh, Tamiko Jenkins. This is a series of where we are inviting licensed, trained therapists to, um, to share with us and to give us insight and um, just um, thoughts and um, insight, I should say, knowledge, insight, and information about very real issues and very real things that we, that show up in our day-to-day lives. That was the purpose and the intent for this series, and um, it's been very well received um, because so many of us, we need to be in therapy. Just, um, you know, I think for some of us, preventative, some of us have some real issues or real challenges, but some um, just real um very much uh, preventative from the standpoint of wanting to be healthy and well. Um, And so this is our way to have um, a a conversation with a therapist and um, so that it could encourage us to do what we need to do. So any other questions here on the line? So I'll ask this question. So Tamiko, a while ago, I had um, I received a message. Or no, I was checking in on um, on a, let's say a friend, and it was really interesting. The response that I got was um, was this, and 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 I'm hoping you can share insight. And um, the response was, you know, thanks for checking in. You know, I was doing well, but all of a sudden. Um, today, I had a huge. Um, it, it, I think I think the language was um, huge, um, or, or um, feelings of depression, and it hit me sudden, and he- it was heavy and sudden. Mm-hmm. And I remember that language, and just like wow. But 
but yeah, it was, you know, just feeling um, a heaviness with the spirit of depression and it was heavy and sudden. And so the languaging was, was of, of, I think, um, I was most intrigued. So can you talk mm-hmm. about that? I know, you, I know you've gone through, but since we don't have any other questions here, um, can you talk a little bit about that? And by the way, it was around the holiday that this person mm-hmm. had that experience, but where they were in a very happy space, I believe, um, maybe with family, let's say the week prior and up until, let's say, the day before and in a really, really good space and a really good space in their life, in their life. But on that day, they had what they would say, depression hit them hard, mm. heavy, and sudden. Yeah, I, and, and I think that's a conversation um, that is common, or I hear that often in that there's usually some trigger. I know you mentioned triggers earlier in our conversation. There's usually some trigger, like you're saying there's a holiday or um, someone that you were close to died this same time last year, and, and maybe you didn't pay attention mm-hmm. to the date, and so it's kind of triggered something. Um, but usually there's a song on the radio, or I drove past the store, and it reminded me. And so having to really be mindful of um, you got to unpack that day. So it's uh-huh. like, okay, um, it hit you suddenly just today. Okay, well, let's talk about today. When you woke up, I mean, how did you sleep last night? You know, when you woke up, what did you eat even? Because sometimes if grandma used to make um, pancakes on Sundays and grandma died, the pancake smell reminds me of grandma. You know, it's those sorts of things that you kind of, you, you kind of sit with and unpack the full day to kind of realize um, what those triggers might have been that prompted mm-hmm. this sudden heaviness of depression and once mm. you walk through the day, usually you're able to identify these sorts of things um, that happen that really prompted uh, the, these feelings. There's usually connection there, but sometimes we don't stop. Um, we don't pause mm-hmm. enough to think about what could have happened that would have reminded. Your body always remembers. And so um, particularly folks that are trauma survivors, um, if mm-hmm. your body has been through a trauma, it's not uncommon that every year on the anniversary of said trauma, um, whether it's a car accident or if there's been some sort of um, sexual assault or something, your body remembers that. And, you know, even if you're not remembering dates and that sort of thing, you might feel this sudden kind of heavy depression or whatever the symptom is, and that's because um, – yeah, it's there. There's this memory mm-hmm. in in your in your body or in your psyche that just remembers whatever has been triggered, and that's the work you got to do to heal mm. that. So that yeah, does that make got sense? It. Got it. Got it. Yeah, it does. Okay. It does. It does. So I think I heard uh, someone else. Uh, we'll have. I think we have time for one more question. So if you are here and you have a question, come on in. And state your name. Okay. Um, Tamiko, yeah, that was really helpful. Um, okay, good. Your response in the way that 
because I, th- I think my question was, oh, how could that happen? That is just so mm-hmm. it's, it's just sudden and something happens. But I like the breakdown of just going through the day and looking at what some of the triggers may be. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it just kind of, yeah. So, so that it's not as, it's not as sudden in terms of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, out of nowhere. It's a response mm-hmm. or reaction, like for every, right? It may almost like the cause and effect idea, like mm-hmm. something caused mm-hmm. it. It didn't, it didn't just come from out of thin air is I think what I'm, what I'm hearing that there's, there's a trigger. I think that's beautifully, yeah, beautifully said. And I, you know, and and for some folks, we have those conversations. We don't recognize in these ways our body um, up until that point was getting there, right? Um, So it's not always as sudden as we think of, of it being sudden, but sometimes there are these things that were happening throughout the course of the days that led up to that that now it feels sudden, but um, these small things were happening um, just in terms of how anxiety can show up. Um, your appetite wasn't the same. You didn't, you know, you didn't eat as much or you ate more or your sleep was off or um, you usually like going to cycling, but you skip cycling. You know, these things have been happening all the while um, that we didn't pay attention to until the suddenly happened, and then we're able to unpack that and look at all the things that pointed to uh oh before the uh oh hit. Mhm. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This is so good. You know, I had other questions, but I wanted uh, I I held my questions because I wanted to make sure that if we had anyone else on the line, they'd have an opportunity. Um, and so last. Last check-in, anyone have a question um, for Tamiko before we go? Star six, hey, it's Tamiko. Hey, oh, it's yes. Tamiko. Go right ahead. Yes, hey there, gorgeous. Hey, I just wanted to uh, thank Tamiko for her expertise and also for sharing uh, all the things that she shared. And the one thing that I wanted to chime in on was about when she was talking about the youth and you know, after a move, that that would be a good opportunity to um, check in with your child to see, you know, how they're doing with the move. Because um, when we relocated from Michigan to Maryland, um, it was years later that I found out um, that one of my kids uh, just starting middle, middle school was being bullied. And I had mm-hmm. no idea until they were, you know, in their 20s that they were being bullied. They didn't say anything. I mean, I did notice. Um, a couple of things, but I wasn't necessarily in tune or in that space. So I just want to thank her for that because, you know, sometimes we as parents, we kind of are in tune with what's going on, but if the kid, you know, doesn't express or we don't know a certain thing, like we had no idea that that one of our children was being bullied. So I wanted to thank her for that. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Lamika. Thank you. Thank you so much. And and um, sorry, Tamiko, were you going to say something? I was I was going to also say thank thank Tamiko for saying that because you know I think particularly with our our child and adolescent um, babies, you know, you say how was your day, and they're like good, and you're like good, you know, um, and maybe you talk about something else or not, um, and and so it's. It's not uncommon to miss 
um, things because you're really depending on them to say, and if they've kind of assessed the situation, you know, we just moved, I don't want to make a lot of fuss. Uh, I know this move is important to mom or dad, they got a new job, so maybe they don't speak up, um, or maybe they're embarrassed. Whatever the case may be, there are lots of reasons why it is not uncommon to not find out about something that your kid experienced in their adolescence until they're like in their 20s. And you're like, what? I was there. I asked you how, you know, how you were doing. Um, so it's, it's, it's like, you know, you're like, what? When? So it's so uncommon, um, so common for that to happen. But to keep, yeah, keep those conversations going. And, you know, I've even, you know, when I get a good back, I'm like, really, well, what was good about it? You know, and kind of piercing through the layers of all of that. Um, and, and then even with that, there might even be a mess. You know, some, sometimes children just don't tell you, and sometimes their behavior doesn't tell you either. Um, but one thing is for sure, if you, if you maintain an open kind of communication, um, you learn when they're 20, and that's not too late to unpack what happened and kind of talk about it and be supportive even then. So, um, yeah, we're all here just trying to do the best we can do um, mm-hmm. with what we got. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, before we send you off, I do want to say, again, I think in that last nugget that you gave um, about adolescence, I feel like, again, the education empowers us to create space for adolescents to mm-hmm. enter into therapeutic conversations. Like now mm-hmm. we know if there's a life transition, then, oh, that's a place where we go and get a checkup. So I think even educating kids on the front end. So I know Simone, um, I think that was her name, the woman who asked about um, the, the, the question about the young, the young person. Um, I feel like if you educate on the front end, when you get your checkups, just like you might educate kids or kids might be used to um, seeing their or going for their annual checkups when they go back to school, that now I feel like if I'm Simone, I I don't know if she asked for her, I don't know if she said her child or her nephew or something like that, but for me, so if I had a nephew now or nieces or young people, I don't know, I might, I might, I might, you know, in bed, uh, code, so to speak, or do that brain tattoo of, oh, yeah, we go, you know, when we're yeah. back to school, we go and get our physical, we go and to, to that, because if you train them that way, then, yeah. you know, you're creating the space. And so they don't know that this is, um, it, 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 they'll just come to appreciate therapy from a different perspective and not be so scarred and, uh, you know, um, I'll say scarred from the, um, I think in the faith-based community, the stigma of therapy, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. that's, that's what I got there. And then even with Lamika's question, I think same thing for adolescents, now creating or educating young people um, so that when there's a life transition and you, we now ask the question, how are you doing? It's because, no, this is a time when you know, you may feel differently. And so what we do in that way is we see a therapist, right? That's so it. I, don't I know, love I that. Think that mm-hmm. was, 
So I just think that was super powerful from a training and education standpoint because we can train and educate our young people, our kitties, our babies differently if we start from early on. You go to the mm-hmm. dentist once a year. You get your physical once a year. You get your shots. If we just say, oh, and we do this. They won't know anything else. And then we create the space for their comfortable talking and having conversations with a therapist to say, and, oh, by the way, I felt like, you know, um, I don't feel like being here. I don't want to live, right? Mm -hmm. Or, uh, you know, somebody, yeah, somebody touched me in, in, you know, a certain Mm -hmm. kind of way. Mm -hmm. Or, Mm -hmm. yeah, um, you you see what I'm saying? It's just creating the space. So I think what you offered – in the last two comments, really, I think, help to potentially um, help us to disrupt things. That's all. That's, that's my long way of saying that. Well, I, I think that's really good. And, and I like it in combination with um, a parent, auntie, you know, coach, someone modeling that, too, where it's like, the conversation mm-hmm. for the young, you know, when you get your sports therapy, your physical and that sort of thing, it's up there. And then they also see folks that they look up to, their mentors, their coaches, their moms, dads, yep. uncles, yep. they go too. So it's just a part mm-hmm. of what everyone's doing in my community. So it's less about going because I'm quote unquote crazy, which that's a word I hate. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, we go. We go when things, mm-hmm. I need to check in, when things are good, when it's not good, when it's, you know, it just, it's a part of the routine. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Last question. What, you, you mentioned the words that, we, um, that you hate, but it's more or less the word that's inappropriate to use when um, referring to people that are presenting. So mm-hmm. crazy is a word that we should not use. Are there any other words that we should not use or um, don't in um, – I guess connecting and engaging with people who may have some sort of depressive depression or going through anything like that. What are the words, the language labels? Yeah, you know, I really like when we um, when we separate or we're person centered. So um, if 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 I have a child who is on the autism spectrum. I say that rather than he's autistic or she's schizophrenic or she, you know, mm-hmm. um, because mm-hmm. it, it values the person um, who has this special need rather than it defining who the person is. And so I just mm-hmm. really try to mm-hmm. adopt language that, that's human first, person, you know, centered rather than leading with what my special need is. Mm-hmm. Um, that's good. And so, yeah, yeah. So I just, you know, language is so important. And, you know, I'm in Georgia, and so um, it has just been raining on and on, then it's hot, and then it's cold, you know. And so some people will say, oh, the weather is bipolar, or this weather is so, you know, and it's like, oh, that's mm-hmm. inappropriate, you know. And so really being mindful, um of, of how we mm-hmm. use our language and our words. Um, yeah. Having a diagnosis of bipolar is, you know, it's serious, and we don't want to just throw it around describing the weather, you know, and that sort of thing. Yeah. 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 That's good. That's good. Okay, so we have kept you long enough. Um, we want – we so appreciate your time and just giving um, yourself and your expertise and sharing it. Um, we want to give you back to your families um, tonight. <laughs> no, but we thank, thank you. you. 
Yes, yes, yes. So thank you. This has been so helpful. In fact, Tamiko, we really need to have you back. So well, I would um, love that. Yeah, I would love that. Yeah, yeah. We really want to continue the series, Um, and so we will circle back with you. We'd love to have you back um, to continue the conversation, and perhaps it's another um, in another area. I know I always enjoy um, having these kinds of conversations with you because you're so really gifted in the area, and then you have such a way about you. I think it's your, um, for lack of a better term, bedside manner. So you're like oh, a sister friend, you. physician, doctor, therapist that we can talk to, and you uh, help us language, help us get clarity and, and kind of move through. Um, similarly, Teresa Silva um, is the Ooh. one who really was the go-to, and I talked about, you know, just the overwhelm, and she really helped understand things like anxiety, yeah. which I don't really know how to define. Um, I wouldn't know how to really describe it. You know, some things we think we know, but um, mm. not pretending that I know. But she really helped break down things like anxiety and panic and then how to manage it and how to get in front of it, which has become the thing that, um, that I've been able to do and help other people just in sharing and passing on what you all share with me. Um, mm-hmm. So that's why y'all are here. I wanted people to hear it directly for themselves rather than me um, sharing, oh, this is what my girlfriend said, or this is right. the three A's <laughs> and the three C's. How about we just get girlfriend over here, and you can hear for yourself. You can ask your own questions. Um, but that said, we will leave the call now. Now, Tamiko, tell them, um, I guess, where we find you, follow you, connect with you. I know you are um, associate dean. You're doing big things over at the college with the girls and such. But however you want to um, leave us in terms of contact or information, um, I don't know if you still if you still take clients in your private practice, but can you just share as we close out anything that you want to share in terms of how um, folks might find you or connect with you or just follow you online? Absolutely. So I am on um, I'm on all of the the channels on Instagram. I'm uh, at Dean underscore Tamiko. Um, Facebook, the same, Tamiko Jenkins. If you want to email me, I'm currently um, not accepting new clients, but certainly very happy to get folks connected um, just in terms of a resource. So if you want to email me at Tomiko, T-O-M-I-K-O dot Jenkins at gmail.com, I'm very happy um, to be helpful if I can support folks in getting connected uh, with a licensed trained clinician, I'd be very happy to do that. Awesome. Thank you, Tamiko. Have a wonderful night, uh, Gorgeous. You too. You too. It was good to talk to you. Take care. Okay. All right. Same here. Same here. All right, everybody. I'm going to pray us out. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you now to give honor and praise. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. We thank you, God, for licensed, trained therapists, oh, God, who you placed here as resources to help us to sort through whatever things are in us, oh God, whatever mental abnormalities are there, we thank you for the resource. We thank you, God, that you give us the invitation and the opportunity to come and to pray with you, oh God, uh, Lord God. But we thank you that you allow us the privilege and the opportunity to pray in route to therapy. So we thank you, God, for the privilege and the opportunity to pray in route to therapy. We thank you, oh God, for the resource 
resources to invest in the resource called therapy. We thank you, oh God, that you have allowed for your daughter, her gift and her skill and her unique brilliance to come and to educate us, to give us insight, oh God, and to help, Lord God, not just an insight, but also to give us resources, oh God. So we thank you, Lord, for whatever resource it is that we need that you will allow for us to receive, oh God, help the one on this line who is struggling with a major um, uh, depressive disorder, with major depressive disorder, oh God, the one who really needs help now, help them to make their way, oh God, nudge them, oh God, lead them and attract, pull them, Lord God, closer to the resource that they need, Lord, that they might be healthy and well and responsible with the life that you have given them. Lord God, we thank you tonight. We love you, oh Lord. We thank you for this resource. Resource, uh, this ministry, uh, Girlfriends Pray, and we thank you, oh God, for every therapist that you've allowed to be with us, Lord, and to help us to do better um, with the casing and the packaging and the um, that you have given us, Lord God, in, in this body. So we love you, Lord, tonight. We honor you. We praise you. We thank you, God, for the executive director of this ministry um, to make um, this happen, oh God, and all of the hands behind the scenes from the boards, oh God to the admin, to the board of directors. We thank you for them all, and we thank you, God. I pray right now for everyone with a question on this line, the ones who spoke up and the ones who were not able to speak up, that you would hear their need, oh God, and go and satisfy, serve, resolve, heal, Lord God, um, in Jesus' name. We love you, we thank you, we honor you, and we praise you tonight. It is in Jesus' mighty name we pray, we say amen. Amen. 